Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Welcome on to the Shortball Rugby Pass podcast. Mills Moliaino's found his way home. How did Hong Kong go, buddy? Hong Kong was good. It was really good. Had a good uh, had a good week, and, and I got to thank actually the New Zealand consulate, also Hong what? Kong Rugby Union. New Union. Zealand consulate put you up. Yes, they were very very <laughs> good. Very and, and uh, honestly, mate, the hospitality was fantastic. Had a great time, and was part of the uh, one of the ambassadors, uh, the Hong Kong HSB Sevens, along with uh, my friend Stephen Donald, uh, Andy Good, Jimmy Hamilton. John Schmidt. It's a rugby pass benefit over there. Yeah, Catherine Spencer as well was there. Uh, David Campisi. Campo. Uh, Is Campo full Bible basher? No. No, he said something the other day. He was talking about the meaning of Easter and he posted biblical scripture online on his Facebook. Well, he may may have been. I don't know. Certainly he didn't sort of come across that way over there. But some great, honestly, those... Those uh, names that I've just mentioned, I uh, had a, you know, just one of the great things about rugby, right? That, um, you know, for a couple of them I've never met before. Andy mm-hmm. Good. Mm-hmm. And it was just as if you're in the same team as him. So we had a fantastic time. But uh, as always, there's always one day that gets you. One day in Hong Kong that gets you. What day was it for you? It was my first day. <laughs> <laughs> That's a rookie mistake from you. It was a very rookie mistake. But I bounced back well. And from then on, I was, uh, uh, yeah, very, very. Well behaved. I didn't surprise me the Beavers found his way into a junket. It was was he in good shape? He was actually. He was in uh, very good shape. He'd just returned back from another junket, really in Argentina. So right. he's bashing that a little bit, isn't he? Sure is. Jimmy Hamilton's a big man. How, he, how did he go fitting in in Hong Kong? Oh, he was he was great. So he done a majority of the, um, I suppose, emceeing, mm-hmm. um, and um, he was he was fantastic. Great man. Had had a lot of laughs, you know. So and a, a bit of banter. I was also invited to one of the, I've seen Sean Fitzpatrick and the Laureus and uh, um, luncheons that they had and um, what they were doing for, um, I, I didn't realise how big it was. The Laureus Awards to me was mm. just the, an awards. But um, That's a big organisation. That's massive. Massive. So I had a great time, Sumo, but Good. I know you've missed me, mate. So I'm No, back. I didn't miss you at all. Oh, what? was great last week. Oh. Um, I just love how you've come back with some wounding chat about what a fantastic time you've been having. Uh, Stormy here in Auckland today. Um, you missed a bit of footy on the weekend. But before we leave Hong Kong, Fiji winning again. Uh, all the talk, of course, around uh, teams like New Zealand and, and probably the Blitzbox as well in Australia, yeah. um, which had their own problems with Chucky. Um, going, going over there and, and, of course, the Commonwealth Games this week. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I thought that weekend New Zealand team actually acquitted itself very, very well, oh. considering their form so far in the World Series, retained their third place in the standings. But uh, Fiji, it, it is their tournament, isn't it, Hong Kong? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, they've gone back to back once again and the support that they get. So it's almost like every year Fiji just sort of target Hong Kong as if it's their own home home tournament. But you're right. I was, um, I was impressed with the Kiwis, you know, and as you said, a lot of guys, a lot of teams took their um, sort of weekend sides or, or young sides, Australian, the English. Um, but the way the uh, the Kiwis came back and, and won that, uh, that quarterfinal, particularly against, um, you know, uh, a well-strengthened USA team, you yeah. know, you had to be proud of their efforts because the, the, the night before they'd been given a dishing out by the Fijians, 50-odd points. But they, they absolutely demolished um, USA, who would have, would have had to be one of the favourites to go, you know, through to the finals. So yeah, they they've got to, you know, they've got to sort of be be proud of their efforts. And I'm looking forward to the Commonwealth Games, to be totally honest. Yeah, likewise um, for those on Rugby Pass, uh, of course, the Commonwealth Games in action now. Um, a lot of countries where you are listening to the pod or uh, perhaps watching coverage, probably not there at the Commonwealth Games, but a big event by New Zealand standards and four of the five medals in men's sevens have been won by Kiwi teams, South Africa, the defending Commonwealth Games champions. Mm-hmm. Uh, what you missed last week, though, of course, and, and on the pod today, we're going to discuss a few issues in the game at the moment, as well as looking forward to the round of Super Rugby this weekend. Uh, the big news uh, on probably both sides of the Tasman, as far as Rugby Union was concerned, Millsy, was, of course, the comments of Israel Folau. Uh, and his remark on Twitter about uh, where homosexuals will be going. Uh, he claims they'll go to hell. Uh, a meeting was held with the Australian Rugby Union yesterday. Raylene Castle uh, has made comment today that, that she thinks it's good that Israel Folau is strong enough to stick up for what he believes in, uh, although she did caveat that by saying it's not what Australian Rugby Union believes in. Um, we're, we're at a quandary here, or we're, there is a quandary here at play because uh, Israel Folau has been widely condemned for his comments. Australian rugby has an inclusion policy, uh, which these comments must surely contravene. Uh, but he's a big superstar coming off contract in 2019. It's a really tough situation for Australian rugby. It's not tough for me. I, I think Israel Folau's comments, and I've mentioned this on our television show yep. after his opposition to same-sex marriage, I think his comments are hurtful and ignorant, um, and that's got nothing to do with his religious beliefs, quite frankly. Um, there, there's no religious belief in the world that can possibly ever say that about a human being and someone who just wants to be in love with another human being. That's my personal point of yeah. view. But the Australian Rugby Union surely now has a problem on its hands. Its superstar has contravened its inclusion policy, um, and there's almost a defence for that from the CEO of Australian Rugby. I don't know how they extract themselves from the situation. Yeah, and look, it, it did make massive headlines, you know, and certainly in Hong Kong it was, it was talked about as well. I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm kind of with, uh, with you. Like, uh, it, it's a difficult, difficult one because, yes, he's, ex- he's expressing what he believes in. I, I don't agree with the way he went about it. Uh, I don't. I don't agree with how he he said it. I certainly. I, I've. I haven't met. Maybe once. Uh, I've met Israel Folau, and certainly he's entitled to his beliefs, as uh, as we are. Um, I'm certainly of the belief in that. Um, you know uh, that you same sex marriage. I'm. 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 I'm totally on board with that. But the way he went about it, and and certainly the comment that he made, I, I think I believe it was someone asked him. Uh, That's a, right. A comment, and he re, he responded um, with, with those with the, that they would go to hell. And so, I definitely don't. I definitely definitely don't agree with how he's he's done it. What 
what makes it worse is Australia, Australian rugby have sort of backed them a little bit, but you've got to go back to the time when, you know, um, I can't remember who it was that um, made a homophobic remark. Jacques Porchita. That's, that's who mm -hmm. it was. Um, and he got fined. Uh, and so they stamped down hard on that. Well, well, not only that, he was forced to then, uh, well, he was asked to go and do some community service with um, a gay rugby team in Sydney, possibly for his own education as much as for the signal that sent. Um, you know, whether Jacques Porchita was just making a comment to be offensive, um, but surely why is his comments, and, and he used a derogatory term for a homosexual in a game, was picked up by David Pocock, that's how it came to light. Mm. What's the difference? I mean, here you've got the superstar of your game saying homosexuals will go to hell unless they repent, as if there's a choice in this for them. Yeah. So what's the difference? Why is Israel Folau, according to the Australian Rugby Union, entitled to his belief, and we're proud of him for standing up for them, why was Jacques Portita subjected to a fine and then told to go and do some community service in the gay rugby scene in Sydney? Well, the difference was David Pocock came out against it. And in this situation... Michael Hooper sort of backed what, he, what, what his superstar sort of... Well, no, he didn't back what he, his superstar said. He just believed the fact that uh, he was happy with him expressing his own beliefs. <laughs> There's your difference. Um, I don't get it. But, yeah, it, it certainly uh, yeah, it wasn't the right way to go about it. And I'm unsure about, um, you know... It just opens a whole can of worms for everyone else now. I mean, what happens now if someone else sort of comes out and says something and then, oh, it's my own belief. I mean, I don't know. Well, don't know uh, that's, well, you know, that's that's the kind of way I look at it as well. I mean, social media might be a great tool for players to communicate directly to their fans for you to express your beliefs. But, you know, those beliefs just don't stand up to scrutiny. And it was certainly not in any society I wish to be a part of and not in any sport where I've been a part of uh, as a reporter, as a broadcaster for, for the best part of 13 years. I mean... Look, there's just I said I said after the the, the same-sex marriage comments that that Falau made that I don't think there's a place in the game for people like that, and I know that there are people who criticise me for taking that stance. But okay, if we're on the if we're saying it's okay to express your opinion, that's mine. Mm. Um, you know, and I don't believe in the outrage culture either. By the way, there's an industry that just is dedicated to being outraged at every comment ever made. But I mean, this is a specifically targeted. Yeah anti-human message from a superstar of our game. Oh, it's absolutely anti-human because you've got a, the comments that he made earlier on. I Okay, when he came out and said, look, um, I love all people, but I don't believe in uh, same-sex marriage, uh, therefore I'm going to vote no. Okay, that's expressing his, his opinion in a, in a way that uh, it should be expressed. But to come out then and say that, you know, they will all go to hell unless they repent, I mean... There's, there's two different ways of saying that. Well, isn't it? We, is yeah. what? well, no one's going to hell on our watch, Milsey, that's for sure. Not here on the short ball anyway. Uh, let's talk about Super Rugby. The Crusaders go through South Africa playing the Lions at Ellis Park, keep them to eight points. That is a superhuman effort mm. uh, against the best defensive team in the competition for tries and points scored. Then they go to the Hagawares and I think play one of their best defensive games of the year in Argentina against a team that was coming off the bye week. Is this a season tone setter for the Crusaders who haven't quite reached the heights of last year and have already lost two games against uh, conference opponents? Oh, you, you know, you've, you've seen it sort of, it's almost like they hit a little wee sort of, uh, I suppose, grey patch uh, where they didn't play quite so well. They, they lost a, you know, a game, the Highlanders, I think it was, in the Hurricanes, a couple of games in, the, in a row. Didn't, wasn't convincing against the Bulls, mm -hmm. but then they go away 
and and what a performance over there against the Lions, and then to go to the Aguares and defend like they did. I mean, we, we spoke about it before with the Blues. Sometimes it just brings you brings you together. <laughs> but obviously, <laughs> in the Blues a, cases. Don't use that comparison. That's but, terrible. But for this team, you just know <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a start of something, you know. So they've hit a little bit of a a, a rock. They've come out of it. Now, you know, they're going to come back home, and I think they're they're, they're probably going to sort of. Go Skyward. Exactly. Well, no Jack Goodhue in that game as well. They rested uh, Scott Barrett. Luke Romano was massive in Argentina. They, I don't know he, what he it, was massive for some, the All Blacks over there. I know. Me? There's something about Argentina. It's that meat, mate. It's yeah, that meat. I reckon it is. something, eh? He's gone over there and had a six kilogram T-bone and he's just gone loose. Yeah, he was berserko in that game. Speaking of that game, is that, there's something on his... You know how we used to have a, a pantheon of biggest thugs in rugby? Mm-hmm. And yeah. you could name a couple that you played. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, Bucky springs to mind. Uh, I hope he's not listening. Bucky's love you, but um, thug life. Um, Thomas Lavanini, the Hagwares lock. What is wrong with that guy? Did he get another yellow card, did he? No, he may as well have. It was just you know late shots, no shoulders. I said at the start of the game, I was fortunate enough to be commentating the game. And I said, well, Thomas Lavanini, we know from last year's stats, is heavily penalised. I don't know how many games he cost them. And sure enough, can't help himself. He late shots, uh, I think it was David Harville. He gets a penalty for that, but no card. And then a little bit later, he takes Cody Taylor out with a kidney shot about two metres from the ruck. And Cody Taylor voiced his displeasure physically by uh, <laughs> slapping him around the headgear. At what point, Lavanini just sells this to the referee like an innocent child <laughs> and draws the penalty for himself. And I just sit there looking at him and think, hey, is there still a place in the game? And I'll pose a question to you. Is there still a place in the game for the recidivist thug offender? Oh, well, mate, there's so many cameras out there. It's <laughs> not funny, I mean. is there? But in saying that, I mean, oh, there are there are things that do go on in very dark places. And you know, I don't mind that, but he's not in a dark place. No, he's, he's not. doing this in the open. He's always getting caught. No. He's not good at it. Okay, so the answer to your question is no, there isn't. There isn't. And there surely should be... Uh, Repeat offender, red, blue, yellow, whatever card it is. Mate. I know, but what my, my point is, remember you know, White Crocker went through that phase after 2009 when, when Stewie Dickinson penalised him to within an inch of his life. For the next year, he was, he was just a penalty count, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, because yeah. referees just assumed, well, he's, he's the one giving away the penalty. He got out of that hole. <laughs> but that's not dirty play. That, that, that was just the, the issue that, that White had got. He'd been tagged, right, as a criminal, basically, in a rugby sense. But Thomas Lavanini is just, I don't know if he can help himself. And I wonder how much this costs the Haguares. This guy is supposed to be your experienced linchpin lock. Mm. You can't be giving away needless penalties. You can play aggressively. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. You, and you're, you're right. I mean, it has. And it's cost him a lot when he's been simping and things like that. Or the penalty count is just oh, is massive. So it kills me. But I, I, rec- I actually reckon yeah, the Haguares love it. They'd probably go out to him after the game and go, yeah, yeah, awesome, mate. We've just been pumped by 50-odd points, but that's, good stuff. That's what I mean. You've got a bloody shoulder on on the Harvey, didn't you? Yeah, they concede so many points that he can hide the six that he gave away personally <laughs> yeah. in the score count. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I still love watching the Haguaris play. Uh, and one, Martin Hernandez retiring last week as well. I mean, that's a big uh, big loss for Argentinian. And world rugby, he was yeah. a sensational player. Yeah. Um, and, and I wonder, out of this current Haguaris setup, who... Who takes that mantle? Yeah. Who is the next? Yeah, well, I mean, he was an absolute superstar, really. Um, you know, played a lot of his rugby over in over in Europe. Yeah. Um, but who really sort of stands up? You know, 
Oh, what a nice no, Sanchez. Um, well, so, I mean, Sanchez is a good player. I don't, I don't know if he's yet imposed himself on Super Rugby like he's potentially could. I tell you who I think it could be is Bertrano, the halfback. And don't remember, you've got Landajo sitting on the bench. And Bertrano has made that starting position his own. I, I think he was inarguably one of the top three players in that game, even though the Jaguares got hammered 40-14. Bertrano, to me, is, is a player that Argentina can build a team around. Yeah, well, they had plenty of pill as well, you know. And so if, if they can, I think... When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. When Argentinian rugby is strong is when their halfback and their first fives are. And the combination that they have uh, around the park, you know, there's, there's no doubt about they can kick the ball. It's just how they direct their big f- thugs around. Well, one thug. Just isn't a it? big thug. Is one it, big thug. Well, it, Kramer was also uh, guilty of a, of a couple of douche moves in that game as well. But, you know, you're on, you're on the receiving end. Why not get a bit aggro? You know, too much red meat. Stay away from the red meat, folks. Uh, Crusaders come back then. Two wins from two. They go into a bye week. Uh, meanwhile, uh, last week, uh, writing for Rugby Pass about uh, the Blues. I'm not, I didn't mean to laugh then. Um, you know, the fact is the Blues now, uh, last home game against the Sharks, where mm. they let 63 in, uh, they were outrated by their crosstown code rivals, the Warriors. Uh, they had a chance to uh, get back on the top of the ratings pile on the weekend against the Chiefs, which should be, which should be uh, the marquee Super Rugby matchup in New Zealand, considering the spread geographically of our population. Uh, they were outrated by the Warriors again. Mm. The Blues represent a city of or a region of close to two million people in a country of four and a half. If they are not watching, if they do not care, if they are sick of trying to care about the Blues, surely New Zealand rugby is in a massive jam. Oh, I mean... How good are the Warriors again that way? I love the Warriors. Oh, Don't right. get me wrong. This is not a. I'm not. I'm not having a crack at the Warriors. Yeah. Good for them for their successful start for turning around their fortunes from last season. I'm just talking purely from a rugby point of view. If a region representing approximately half your population, or getting yeah. close to, is disengaged from your sole professional Fresh franchise, yeah, yeah. Oh. you've got problems. You've got massive, massive problems. I mean. Two, two million odd people. Yeah, well, look, there's out. one and a half in Auckland, right? Minimum. Ah. Not to mention Northland. Uh, and then, you know, the, the Blues fans would spread a little bit down the highway as well. Yeah. But the Chiefs are another region. I mean, that game should represent two million people, right? Yeah. A catchment of two million people. That game itself, just in its borders. Yeah, and, and you'd, you'd have to say that 
given the results over the years, and particularly on Saturday now, that catchment would slowly start to now move south, you know. And <laughs> so yeah, everyone who lives in Auckland who might have a connection in the Waikato has suddenly got another foot on the other side yeah. of the Bombay. So I'm talking about the New Zealand television ratings here. Uh, I don't look, I don't know stats globally, but you know, this what needs to change for you? Who needs to come in? Is it is it about coaching? Is it about more communication? Is it about better promotion? Is it about better access for kids to play rugby? Because the shop window has got a brick thrown through it at the moment. Yeah, well, I mean, it's easy to sit here now and say, look, this is what perhaps they should do and that. I'm really disappointed because I actually, at the beginning of the season, thought... It's your original club, mate, <laughs> This right? is Yeah, exactly. They are going to go, you know, all guns blazing and come out. And they showed that in that first round. Yes, they lost... Uh, they went out of South Africa and won over there, but then they've just gone back. And you know, we've had you know James Parsons on on the show at, mm-hmm. on on Team Talk, and and he's mentioned you know the guys are trying, they're they're trying their heart out, but they're just making the same mistakes, you know. And that's probably as a it's it's a coach killer, you know. And I look, I even look now at Tana and far out, he's just looking just he's aged, isn't he? Yep. And it just it must weigh you down a heck of a lot. Now, I don't know. I mean. They, there's, there's obviously certain things. If I look at the Warriors, and I don't want to compare. You know, I've seen them. They've, they've had a, uh, a shocker over a year last year, but the way they've gone about it and sort of opened themselves up, um, you know, to the public, yeah. uh, to the media. You know, the, the, the that um, um, the show that uh, Polder, the um, documentary know, series, document- yeah, that was pre-season huge. doco was massive and, for and them. And as yeah. soon as that. Yeah. Sort of, when I when I watched it when he mentioned, I was like, "Far out, that's awesome!" And there was there was nothing that they sort of they shut off. It was all all access, you know. So you could see that now. You all of a sudden, no matter how, you know, you you sort of had the expectation. Okay, it might be the same old worries, but you all of all of a sudden had that access to say, "Well, these guys are actually trying really hard," and perhaps they, the 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 Blues. Might need to take that leaf out of the um out of the Warriors sort of book and say, well, maybe we need to open up a little bit and try and win those fans back. It's always going to be hard because fans in in Auckland will only follow when you win, and unfortunately, that's what they have to start doing. But but the Warriors make a mockery of that assessment, Mills, because they've always had their loyal fans, oh, and, the Blue, and the Blues do too. Don't don't get me wrong. There, I mean, there are Blues fans out there who will be Blues through thick and thin, and, and it's been mostly thin lately. I just think sometimes we know this club's under siege, yeah, uh, and it and it operates in in an environment where most of New Zealand's rugby media operate out of. So their press conferences are a lot bigger than say the Highlanders and and even the Chiefs. All of that. Sometimes when you're under siege, the best thing is to break down the gates and and go out, yeah, and meet the opposition. And I, I just feel that something needs to happen. Whether that's the owners who take some responsibility here and, and communicate what their plans are, whether the CEO steps up to the plate and actually starts to take some pressure off a coach who would be the first to admit doesn't like fronting the media, mm-hmm. doesn't enjoy that part of the job. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? You're in Auckland. It's a big, flamboyant, busy city. You've got to be a bigger, more flamboyant, busier franchise to get out there and start getting eyeballs. The Warriors across town bring over the Melbourne Storm and the Tigers, two clubs they know have big That's Kiwi huge. connections, and have a double header at Mount Smart across town. We have a game of Super Rugby, again, and... It's not working. So the Blues have got to try something. I, I really despair because uh, I, I want New Zealand rugby to be strong. It's where I take a paycheck from. This is the sport I love, the sport I yeah. follow here. I do it predominantly domestically. I don't like the fact that the city I live in it seems to be so out of love yeah. with, with the sport that I'm passionate about. And, you know, 
I know we're talking here and some people would say, well, stop criticizing. That's half the problem. Look, I'm not criticizing. I'm saying that's just reality. Mm. This is the reality for where the Blues find themselves and it is an untenable situation. Yeah, and you just and you're right. I'm, I'm an absolute fan of the Blues. I think they've got some great talent and... As I mentioned in the beginning of the year, you know, I, I thought this is going to be their season. Don't don't count me wrong, they're still in it, okay. But man, they need to start moving, okay. But the, the, yeah. the thing is, and we're not criticising. We're, I think it's it's like, uh, you know, we're, we're sitting here as fans, as fans of the game, and as fans, oh, you know, I'm a fan of the Blues. Mm-hmm. But you know, when I see that result um, in the weekend, which, you know, as a former Chiefs player, you know. Before the game, I'd thought the Blues were going to go down there and um, and win. Given, I mean, you, you you talked about before opening up the gates and coming out and and hitting something hard. That's what the Chiefs have done. Mm-hmm. Sixteen of their uh, contracted players have been out at any given time. Or whatever, they've still got guys on the sideline. They've put people in like Wynoy. He never had a contract. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you know, they're fighting yeah, and they they're are. in it. They're yeah. in. They're in this this game with a lot of respect. And you, you look at they the know the scrap though, right? They know, the they know how to scrap. Yeah, and I mean, this is a team that for years underperformed, couldn't buy a trip to the playoffs, and and has been turned around by Dave Reddy and Colin Cooper's picked up where he left off. They know how to fight their way out of adversity. Yeah, which is exactly what they've gone through with their injury toll, especially when you take guys like Atu Moli out of the picture, oh, Nipple Lalala out of the picture. They're two front rowers. They're all blacks, mate. <laughs> mate, look at their two reserve front rowers have played nine minutes each per game. What about a workload like that on Aidan Ross and Angus Tarval, your starters? Yeah, exactly. You know, Angus Tarval's another one who oh, I won't even mention what club he started with. But anyway, the Chiefs go down and take on the Hurricanes this weekend. It's the blockbuster game Friday night. The Hurricanes getting out of jail. I mean, have you ever in your life seen a game like that? Getting out of jail against the Sharks with an E-higher West kick on his home deck. Yeah. After 85 line, minutes? I seen, your, I seen your little Instagram uh, video yeah. there and I was like, oh, wow. But I, I just before given been told the result and they were down what, with 79, on the 79th minute. Mm. But to get a kick like that. But yes, okay, the Hurricanes uh, won. I was really impressed with the way the, the Sharks have taught. Sharks have been great on this tour. Far out. I mean, for a South African team, and we've always sort of said, well, they, they don't tour very well. Well, they've come over here, put 60-odd points against the Blues, and then played an awesome game, yeah. albeit the, la- the 84th minute. The best team lost that game. There's no doubt yeah. about that. In fact, John Plumtree left the commentary box and walked across the field for a post-match interview. He said to me, he said, that's a great way to win a game of rugby. That is a shit way to lose a game of rugby. Yeah. He oh. felt for them. Yeah. I, you know, when you as a winning coach feels for your opposition, I know John's got a connection to the Sharks anyway, having been their former coach and Chris Boyd as well as assistant. You, you know, like, that's one of those ones where you just go, I don't know how you did it. I don't even want to talk about it. Let's just go back to training on Monday and be better. The the Sharks are a team that come here with no reputation for running the football, play with the least number of minutes in the game. They don't carry much. They went there and they squeezed the Hurricanes, which any pundit would say is a much better offensive team, and they got no opportunities. The Sharks maybe laid down the blueprint of how you beat the Hurricanes. <laughs> or how you beat Kiwi teams, right? Full stop. I mean, far. Hold the ball. Yeah, absolutely. Don't kick, yeah, exactly. Don't kick it away and, 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 and come here. I mean, I suppose they've probably bought into the fact that, you know, you're, um, well, that a majority of the South African teams sort of buy into the fact that, okay, we just scrum them and, and our set piece and, and more than well, we've sort of countered that. Well, look at the way the Sharks have played. They've just played some expansive footy. Man, has it been good. Did you know what? And it's not even so much the expansive side of it. It's the fact they play smash rugby at such a high yeah, tempo. Yeah. 
when you're talking about guys like Stefan Lafice and Boita and uh, Van Avalt and and, uh, and Dupreer coming at you Dupreer. at 100 miles an hour for the entire game, yeah. that is hard to handle. You know, Ricky Riccatelli couldn't even shake my hand after the game. He's busted that up. I don't know if he'll play this weekend. Everyone looked bruised. Yeah. And the Hurricanes, though, in fairness to them, they did it without Bodie Barrett, who was a late scratching, and TJ Pedernato, who didn't play the second half. So it made a big step up for Jamie Booth and Ehi West. Only Ehi's second start of the year for the Hurricanes. Uh, they'll have Bodie back this week. They may have TJ Pedernato, although I think Booth's shaping is, is the starting halfback. Do the Chiefs just look at that now and say, well, there's a little chink in the armour. We'll go at it. Or would they not have cared anyway? The Chiefs would just do what, what the Chiefs do. Oh, you know, it's, I think they'd look at that. They'd have to look at that sort of, well, it's not really a chink, is it? I mean, the way those two obviously played, um, you know, they've, they've, they've steered the ship you know, um, really well and they've come out and, and got a win. So they'll grow in confidence. But the Chiefs, <laughs> got a win, yeah. you know, the, the Chiefs, they'll, be, they'll look at that and say, if there's any spot that we'll look to try and um, expose, expose and get some front foot ball, it's probably that, that, that transition area. So apart from that, I mean, you know, obviously the Sharks have also shown the blueprint, hold on to the ball. I mean... The Chiefs, okay, if they're, they're, they're probably being the most penalised team in the twenty-two. Would, would you would you have would you have to agree with that? Yeah, I mean, you, you guys are dogs in the twenty-two. There's no doubt about that. You always were, though. But they've done it well. Okay, they've done it well, and so I just think you know there's been a couple of times in um, a few games that they haven't quite finished opportunities, which is not you don't usually see that from the Chiefs. They're going to have to need to do that this weekend against the Hurricanes because otherwise, you know, they could be on the back foot. Do you know, the amazing thing about the stats of these two teams is they are pretty much equal in every single department, especially on defence. Oh, oh yeah. They're the two best defensive teams in the competition in terms of allowing points. And, you know, I went down and broke it down, and uh, and we'll post this on Rugby Pass for you. I, I've never seen a set of stats like it. There's literally only a point two of something different, point one of something, wow. three metres difference here, a wow. couple of passes there. It's almost as if, you know, it's like uh, the water boy and Henry Winkler's had his playbook <laughs> stolen. This is what's going on here with these two teams. I just wonder if they're going to belt each other to a standstill at Westpac Stadium oh, on Friday night. I, I tell you, whenever any New Zealand team play each other, they're going to belt the crap out of each That's other. And, I, and this is going to be the same. So oh, I'm looking forward to that. I mean, um, I'm just so glad I'm not playing anymore, mate. I'll tell you <laughs> that right now, Sumo. The Rebels had a chance to break a 31-game losing streak for Australian teams against Kiwi teams. They couldn't do it, so that streak goes to 32. Uh, the Brumbies arrive at Forsyth Bar Stadium to face a Highlanders team that's fresh off the bye. Um, I don't even know who the best team in Australia is right now. <laughs> I, I really don't. Is it, is it, well, who is it? It was the Rebels for a time, and then they got pumped by the Waratahs, and then the Reds were having a couple of wins, and the Brumbies beat them on the weekend. I mean, are the Brumbies the best team in Australia right now? I, I don't know. But they're coming over to face the Highlanders. Do you give them any chance at all of beating the Highlanders on their home deck? No. None at all? No. <laughs> so good. Mate, and the worst thing about it is the Highlanders have come off a bye. So we know how physical. They're just going to come out and belt guys. I mean, and, and you're right. We don't actually know which Australian team is the the. Well, yeah. I'm not talking about the... I suppose not, they're all on par now, aren't I'm they? Not, yeah, I'm not talking about the competition points. I just, I just don't know which of those teams stands out. In the past, you, you've been you able to something. say yeah. that that's the team in Australia to beat, but you just can't say that this you year. Can't, you can't. Oh, and I don't know whether that's good for Australian rugby or not. It might be a good thing. It actually might I mean it probably shows that you know there's strength across the whole Australian... That getting rid of one team was a good idea. Possibly, yeah. <laughs> I mean... 
Sunwolves are in that conference too, aren't they? Oh, they got the Blues this week, haven't they? Sunwolves have got the Blues, <laughs> mate. The Sunwolves have got the Blues. Do you remember what happened last year? Yeah, well, I hope it doesn't happen again. I don't think it'll happen again. I don't think it'll happen again, but imagine if it did. Okay, let's paint the scenario. What happens if the Blues this week lose to the Sunwolves? What happens from an organisational point of view? I mean, if you're not at DEFCON 3 now, you have to be somewhere approximating that if you lose to the Sunwolves Well, I'm not even going to go with the what if because I don't think it's going to happen. It's not going to happen? Yeah. I'm glad you said that. Why? I'm just glad you said that. No your way. Tip, your tips have been great this year. I have. You've, tipped, have, you've tipped a lot of winners. The Oracle. <laughs> Millsy, it's good to have you back, buddy. That's been the short ball for another week. Don't forget to go to rugbypass.com for the most comprehensive coverage you'll find on the great game of rugby youth. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.